Hey, what's going on? How are you all doing? 301 Colored Commentators, back for episode number 10. Yep. Yes, sir. Today, we are going to talk about two things, actually. Yeah. We're going to talk about the movie The Wrestler. We figured we can kill two birds with one stone by talking about a wrestling topic and a, and a movie about pro wrestling. Right, right, yeah. right. And secondly, we're going to talk about the um, Shaka Zulu 1986 TV series. Yeah. The 10-episode series that aired. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So what you been up to? Not much. Trying to close, you know, the fiscal year. Yeah. Work. Just a lot of work and... Um, I guess transitioning into fall. <laughs> oh, yeah, which we pretty much are in. Pretty yes. much are, yeah, yeah, yeah. So it's, it's been cool, busy, but good, man. How about you? Uh, it's busy as hell, too. Yeah. Wait, I'm waiting for, I, I want a real winter this year, actually. Yeah. We had a mild cold. one last year, huh? What's up? We had a mild one by our usual standards yes. last year, right? Yes, we had a mild one. Yes, indeed, we did. I think we even had a mild summer, actually, to be honest. This summer was too short, to tell you the truth. It wasn't that hot. And it didn't seem that long. Nah. But yeah, but yeah, yeah. I feel you, man. Um, anything new? New? Um, yeah, on your side? Or are you listening to anything cool? What's the last cool thing I bought? What's the last good thing I bought? Yeah. Now I'm just banging away at the past, mostly. Like right now, in my music um, rotation in my car, it's all Def Jux records. Um, LP from Run the Jewels, Cannibal Ox, Mr. Lift. That label's gone under, but they still put out some dope shit when they were when they were still active. Okay. Yeah. Okay. What um, what time frame is this? Are we? Um, two thousand one through two thousand six. Those are the time frames of the albums that are in my car. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Um, I've been listening. You know, Afro Beats. My man Asake. Of course. Dropped uh, an album just like about a month ago. It's it's pretty good. Uh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I've been uh. That's been on rotation. He's coming. He's coming to the DMV today, actually. Oh yeah. I can't make it to today's concert. He's gonna be in Baltimore next month, so I'm gonna try and mess with that. Got you. For sure. Got um, you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But yeah, definitely check that out. Um, what else? What else? What else? What else? Uh, trying to remember. Yeah, that's basically the main one that I've been listening to. Uh, uh, and then little singles here and there. Mm -hmm. um, this chick. Name Amari Noel, I discovered over the summer. Yeah. She has some pretty cool songs. She's up and coming. Okay. Um, but yeah. But yeah, definitely check out the Asake album. Um, it's called Mr. Money with the Vibes, if you haven't heard it. It's, it's definitely, a, it's definitely a, a vibe, <laughs> to say the least. Um, but yeah. Yeah, that's about it, man. That's about it. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Okay, and shout out to Florida, too. I mean, yeah. all y'all that are down there, we got friends and family that are down there right now. Um, yeah. Stay safe. Keep your heads up. I know that's that's kind of cold comfort to hear, mm -hmm. but um, I wish y'all all the best. For sure. Um, and also, rest in peace, Coolio. Oh yeah, Coolio. <laughs> yeah, yeah, rest yeah, in yeah. peace. For mm -hmm. sure. For sure. Um, yeah, big yeah. staple of my middle school years, sixth and seventh yeah, grade. Yeah, hundred percent, hundred percent. I was I was actually still in Ghana when when Coolio was 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 in. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So gangsters paradise in. Fantastic Voyage or whatever. Yeah, Fantastic Voyage, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then he dropped his other singles after Gangster's Paradise, uh, Too Hot, uh, Gotta uh, gotta Get Up to Get Down. Yeah, what? yeah, that's the one. And remember, I'll see you when you get, get there. I was here when that came out. Yeah. Yeah, I was definitely here. I remember when that came out, yeah. They, yeah. Was used, that, they used that in the ending credits of that Martin Lawrence movie, Nothing to Lose. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Yep, mm -hmm. yep, 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 yeah. So yeah, rest in peace to him. And yeah, everybody in Florida... Stay safe um, and um, positive. I know a lot of you have lost power, oh, yeah. to say the least, and even like some of y'all don't even have shelter. I was about to say, like your homes are destroyed and stuff. So hopefully, like insurance covers it more than likely. But um, that's still a big inconvenience. So you and, know. and all y'all that are having hurricane parties, get the hell out of there now. Yeah, it's just wild. dangerous. That's wild, man. It's wild. But um, yeah, man. Yeah. Um, yeah, stay safe. <laughs> yeah, stay safe. Yeah, okay. All right, so should we get right into it? Let's do it. All right. The first topic, The Wrestler. Released in 2008, it was the fourth film directed by Darren Aronofsky, who directed Requiem for a Dream and also later directed Black Swan. Um, like I said, released in 2008. It stars Mickey, Mickey Rourke, uh, Marissa Tomei, and Evan Rachel Wood. Mm -hmm. 
Mickey Rourke, he stars as Randy the Ram Robinson, an aging professional wrestler who, despite his failing health and waning fame, continues to wrestle in an attempt to cling to his success of his 1980s heyday. Yeah. Um, he also tries to mend his relationship with his estranged daughter, played by Evan Rachel Wood, and find romance with a woman who works as a stripper, Marissa Tomei, who's also past her prime. Yeah. <laughs> um, let me see. The, it's a movie is set in, in New Jersey. Yeah, various parts of Jersey, but it makes Jersey look so depressing. Like trailer parks, rundown dollar stores and supermarkets. Yeah. Yeah, no shade, uh, but uh, no I'm, shade on Jersey, but they make it look no bad. No shade, but I, I'm, I'm not even a fan of Jersey, dog. But yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I thought I thought and I thought New Yorkers hated Jersey. They probably do. They do. They I, do. I, I, I'm not a fan of Jersey for my own personal reasons. Uh, it's okay. Just, it's just. One of those states that is just weird. Personally, I like New Jersey women. They can curse more than I can. Yeah, I actually know a, f a fair share of Jersey women from college. So yeah, me too. Shout, out to, shout out to them. That's why I learned. Yeah, yeah, shout out to them. But this, this, yeah, your state. Good luck mm. with that. <laughs> <laughs> um, what else? Yeah, to add more realism to the movie, they had several locker room scenes with Mickey Rourke and other real life pro wrestlers, like um, who was it? The Necro Butcher. Uh, Tommy Rotten, Ernest yeah, the Cat Miller, Jimmy Powers, I remember. Jim Powers from the yeah. Young Stallions, yeah. yeah. Johnny Valiant. And, oh, I remember Johnny Valiant too. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, and the scene where Randy goes to wrestle um, Tommy Rotten in that in that banquet hall or whatever. Mm -hmm. Yeah, they, they made it look so. They they had it look like they were socializing. So when Randy came in, he's able just to gel with them. Yeah. And look as if they were actually socializing. And some of the scenes where he was in, where he was uh, working in the deli. Right. Oh, yeah, yeah. Those yeah. are real customers in there, too. That's a real supermarket. Oh, I see. Yeah, I he, see. Impro he improvised. Those were improvised because Aronofsky was filming while Rourke was actually, while Rourke was actually working there. Yeah. Oh, Ernest the Cat Miller, isn't that the dude that became, like, commissioner at one point of WCW when was about to fold? Ernest the Cat Miller? Yeah. Yeah, he was. Yeah, he, oh, was in, yeah. he was in that Bash of the Beach. At yeah, that's what we did last Death episode. Time. Yeah, yeah. Mm -hmm. I remember that. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, he was in that. Um, yeah. What else? What else? Uh, oh, yeah. Marissa Tomei plays a stripper in here named Cassidy. That's yeah. her stage name. Her real name is Pam. And um, she's past her prime, so much so that Marissa Tomei was actually told, had to, she had to take 36, 36 takes in order to get her pole dancing right. Oh, wow. But in many, wow. But in many ways, hold on. Backtrack. The film was a critical success. I mean, commercially, I don't think it did all that well, considering how indie it was. Mm. But it's credited with revitalizing the career of Mickey Rourke. Oh, okay. Yeah, because up until that point, he was doing indie films. And I, I remember Rourke from the 80s when I was a kid. I remember mm. seeing him in The Pope of Greenwich Village, Angel Heart, and Johnny Handsome, right? And he was a pretty dude back then. <laughs> I, you, I, he, was a, he was a shadow. He, in this day, he was a shadow of what he used to look like. Huh? Yeah, because he, he went into boxing at one point uh, and, and a botched plastic surgery job to prepare that's, some that's injuries. That's exactly what happened to his face. Yeah. He definitely looks like he's been under the knife a few times. And he don't even sound the same neither. Mm. Like, mm. let's all take a shower together, you guys. When back in the 80s, he'd be like, oh, I'm, I'm really sorry about that. Um, I'm... <laughs> Yeah, he don't he don't even look like how he used to or sound like. He's like the fly, a genetic mutation. Yeah, for sure. But Duke can still act. I will say that. He can. He can act his ass off. I give you that. I give and, you that. And so can Marissa Tomei. I mean, people knock her because she got her Oscar in the 90s for a comedy with My Cousin Vinny, but she can act too. That's a, that's a classic movie. And it don't hurt that she's still fine as hell. Like, y'all see No Way Home, Spider-Man No Way Home, where she played Aunt oh, yeah, May? Yeah, she is in there. That's right. Yeah, thanks to her, Aunt she May is now a MILF. Yeah, you, you, from what I remember, you've been a fan of her since we were young, for sure. My cousin Vinny. Yeah, yeah, mm -hmm. yeah, yeah, for sure. But um, here, um, yeah, it's, it, it, Mickey Rourke, his career kind of parallels Randy the Ram. I mean, he was big in the 80s, but then went downhill right after that. Mm -hmm. And he's looking for a big break to get back into public, conscience, public consciousness, that is. Mm -hmm. um, what else? And plenty of wrestlers... Uh, Plenty of wrestlers, their careers mirrored Randy the Ram as well, too. Absolutely. Scott Hall, before he passed away, yeah. he was well on his way to becoming Randy the Ram, if not for DDP, DDP helping him out with his, yeah. uh, his yoga, uh, his, his help and whatnot. Yep, yep, yep. I think with the Jake the Snake, was, it, was he influential in getting him back on his feet, too, or no? It was just DDP. I think Jake the Snake, or rather DDP helped Jake the Snake. 
Ah, uh, okay, the other way. Okay, 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 okay. Because didn't I heard rumors back in the day that Jake the Snake he trained Diamond Dallas Page and Raven. I could see Raven because the DDT, DDT yeah. yeah, yeah, I don't know, maybe, maybe, maybe. you're right, yeah, maybe you're right. Um, um, but yeah, you're right. Like especially in my experience watching the movie late, mm -hmm. like because I hadn't seen it until now, and like now that if I had watched it when it first came out, I'd have been like, wow, this is this is kind of heavy. Yeah. But then now, watching it today, knowing a lot of about behind the scenes of the wrestlers we grew up liking and how their, I won't even call it trajectory, but mm -hmm. like plummet their, their path, their, their path, the plummeting path that their life took and the hard times they, they kind of experienced um, even till death. Yeah, man. It's not too surprising. It's very real. The, the movie's actually very realistic. So I wasn't even like depressed or shocked or anything because it, it like mirrored a lot of like some of these superstars that we looked up to as kids. In real life. I saw it when it first came out, and looking at it now, it's a, it can be viewed as a period piece. Yeah, about yeah, the, yeah. About the early 2000s yeah. of pro wrestling. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Yeah, 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 yeah. Definitely, definitely. And um, what else? Oh, Hulk Hogan. Hogan claimed on the Howard Stern show. I see the look on your face right now. <laughs> Hogan claimed on the Howard Stern show that Aronofsky offered him the lead role of Randy the Ram at first, but Aronofsky shot that down. No, no, that's not even true. It's a rumor that he started. And um, it was one of the wild Samoans, uh, Ava Anoal. Yeah, I know him. He trained uh, Mickey Rourke in, in order to, to, get ready for the, to get ready for this, get in shape, to know his way around the ring, okay. the, the, the lingo. Yeah. That's why he looks so immersed in it when, when the actual finished product is in Absolutely. there. Absolutely. Absolutely. Shout out to Afro, man. He's a, yeah. he's a legend. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And Rourke, he ain't no method actor, but he, he definitely brought the heat with this. Yeah, yeah. Um, let me see. Yeah, plenty of wrestlers. The wrestling world, for the most part, loved it. Uh, Bret Hart, he loved it, but gave a few criticisms saying, not every wrestler follows the path of Randy the Ram. Not every wrestler ends True. up like that. True. I was a world champion. I didn't. True. But you are, <laughs> Bret, you're an anomaly, bro. You're an <laughs> but a lot of them take this just path. Yeah, a lot of them take that path. Yeah, Brett is an anomaly, man. I mean, you weren't, you, I weren't, you. you weren't in the whole sex, drugs, and rock and roll thing. Right. You weren't part of the clique. clean cut, yeah. So. Mm-hmm. I hear him, but I don't even want to call it majority, but a good chunk of them followed this path. So I don't know. I don't know what he's talking about. Yeah, Tony Atlas. When we were in high school, I remember watching MTV Ultrasound, right? And this is during the Attitude Era, like summer of 99. Yeah. They had like, they were looking at pro wrestlers like behind the scenes. They looked at Triple H in China. May she rest in peace. Yeah, for sure. Badass Billy Gunn. and oh, um, man. And Tony Atlas, who was who with Ro the Rocky Johnson, the Rock's father, was the first black the first black tag team champions in the WWF. Nice. But Tony Atlas at that point, he fell downhill. He wasn't Randy the Ram, but he was doing a lot of similar things, like doing wrestling shows and bank. Were there any other black wrestling tag team champions after them in WWF? After I'm trying, them, I'm trying to remember if anybody stood out that were black. Not men on a mission. Oh, yeah. Okay, yeah. Mo and Mabel. Yeah, Mo and Mabel. Mm -hmm. Yeah, in the 90s. That's right. That's right. Yeah. Yeah, but keep going. Sorry. Oh. I, that, that just, that just kind of forced me to think back and see if there were any others after him. But yeah, they were yeah. one. Yeah, but Tony Atlas was doing wrestling shows in banquet halls, uh, high school gymnasiums, just like Randy the Ram Rose, the small shows for like the, uh, the legends of wrestling. It's like, it's like when we, when we covered the movie Nope, and we talked about how child stars can be spectacles, yeah. and Hollywood just brings them in and chews them out when they're done. Yeah. Well, same thing with pro wrestling. They have a limited shelf so life. So true. So true. So true. That's crazy. Yeah, I mean, once, you, once you're no longer able to do this, do this business no more, it's like, okay, you're gone. No severance pay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I mean... That's the worst part. And Randy the Ram, he has bad health, heart problems. Yeah, they don't have no insurance. No health insurance. Dude lives in a trailer park in North Jersey. Yeah. Um, yeah. What's it called? Uh, he blew all his money away on sex, drugs, and rock and roll in the mm -hmm. 80s. Fame got to his head. Mm -hmm. And in the beginning of the film, they show like a montage of all of his... It's clearly Photoshop from WWF and WCW old stuff. Because yeah. you even see a WWF Randy the Ram action figure up in there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. that was like the... 
like just like the old, mm -hmm. like the, the old ones, the old ones yeah. where they like show like the arm moving. Yeah, 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 like, yeah. Ram yeah. jam move included. Yeah, 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 exactly. And um, what's it? We saw the mega powers explode. We see that in there. See that in there, yeah. Or against yeah. him and the Ayatollah, who's yeah, yeah, yeah. And Ernest the Cat Miller plays the Ayatollah, which is a takeoff the Iron Sheep. The Iron yeah, Sheep. I'm yeah, sorry. Yeah, yeah. Shout out to shout out to him. Mm -hmm. Another legendary uh, heel. And also the music of the film too. The uh, they use a lot of hair metal in the film. Yeah, they do. Mm -hmm. Yeah, they do. You yeah. hear it. You hear and um from the eighties and stuff. From the eighties, yes. You hear Rat, Motley Crue, Motley Cinderella. Yeah. I, heard, I definitely remember that. Yeah. Firehouse and uh, Guns and Roses. The song that Randy the Ram uses for his entrance. His entrance. Yeah. Sweet Child of Mine. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Trivia about that, right quick. He actually got Ax Axl Rose just let him let them use it free of charge because when he saw a screening of the film or a little bit footage, a little bit of footage, he was yeah. like. He was so moved, it's like, okay, sweet child of mine, y'all can yeah, use that free of charge. You got this, yeah. yeah, that's what's up. And, that is what's up. Uh, and uh, Bruce Springsteen, of course, they got to have Bruce Springsteen in here. He's Jersey to his core. Oh, yeah, yeah, 100. 100 yeah, he, yeah. he has that song, The Wrestler, at the, ending of, at the end of the film. Okay. And he's always talking about blue-collar stuff and how, and, and, his, and his home state in New Jersey. So, yeah, it would be criminal not to include yeah, him in this. Yeah, definitely. Definitely. All, Although, on a side note, it doesn't include on Disney Plus with Miss Marvel, which takes place in Jersey, why they didn't include no Jersey rappers up in there, or no, no Jersey rap music. Redman, Joe Budden, Fuji, Sun. Yeah, yeah. All New Yorkers from across the bridge. Yeah. Real, real talk. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, Anything you got? So I was about to say, um, I thought it was very interesting, his relationship with his daughter in that aspect. Oh, that was... So it was tough to watch. That was tough. I mean, once he, once they're smiling and everything, I'm just like, this is not gonna go well. This is yeah. not gonna go well, yeah. and it didn't. Yeah, um, and, it reminded me of some of the like some of the real wrestlers. Like I know Ric Flair had um, issues with his, his his kids at one point because um, he was he was actually living the lifestyle of his gimmick. Yeah, he was never home. Wheeling, dealing, styling, profiling. Yeah, he was actually living that life. It was mm -hmm. bigger than the gimmick, and like he didn't have, he didn't spend significant time with his family and his kids, and it affected their relationship. Um, and that's down why, the line. and that's why he was still working all all these years, and he had his last match this year. Yeah, yeah, and I was just about to say, even to add to that, like how uh, Mr. Rourke's. Uh, character kept fighting despite his health mm -hmm. you also saw that happen a few times with hogan flair but they never got reduced to indie promotion they didn't so. they didn't but like hogan still had a bad hip and he'd still come back mm -hmm. and do shows and stuff like that a lot of these wrestlers they do that they they do it for the crowd at the expense yeah. and for and for money at the yeah, expense of their health their health so it's kind of crazy but yeah he he was kind of forced to do it because he had no money mm -hmm. so um, um what else Oh, the trivia, some trivia. The landlord in the trailer park, uh, Lenny, is played by Mark Margolis, Hector Salamanca. Oh, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. From Breaking yeah, Bad. From Breaking Bad, mm -hmm. yeah, yeah, yeah. Definitely. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, wow. Yeah. Um, Legendary. Good show. Marissa Tomei, yeah. Um, what's it called? Your girl. Not one of them. Yeah, yeah one, of them, one of them. You still fine, you still fine. Even though that movie is 15 years old now, you are still fine. Yeah, I guess. I haven't seen it today, so... But yeah, keep going. Um, what else? He also he also talked about, like, wrestling events that, that are, like, parallels to, like, the big pay-per-view events. Like, what's it called? When he talks about his injuries with, uh, with Marissa Tomei's character, he talks about how he had a two-by-four split his bicep right here from Mr. Congeniality. Oh, I think I remember that scene, yeah. yeah, yeah. Oh, and the wrestling matches in the film. The wrestling matches. Uh -huh. The one, the first one we see where he fights Tommy Rotten, and we get to see the behind-the-scenes shit, like when they're stretching, putting tape on, yeah, put the, breaking put the razors, blades, the blades, yeah. Yeah, yeah, hiding the blades on, yeah. That was interesting, yeah. Mm -hmm. That was very interesting. And hearing them talk about the falls and whatnot, how they're gonna do it, and it's that like, was pretty cool. Yeah, yeah. I'm like, you guys are really a warm bunch backstage. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think that's what happened in real life. It does. So yeah, yeah. So it's just like, and there's. This seems like more of a camaraderie at these uh, these smaller indie shows than there is in the, in the big league locker In the room. big one, yeah. In the big one, yeah. yeah. And, and during his uh, uh, Randy's talk with Tommy Rotten, where he talks about, you got a lot of ability, man. A lot of ability. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The guys who drive the Cadillacs, the politics, they're the ones who run the show, but you just hang in there now, man. Yeah, it's kind of how they, they do talk to the young, the up-and-comers. Like, mm -hmm. yeah, you got a lot of potential. Just keep going with what you're doing, and you're going to get there, that yeah. type of thing. And he came, he came with it in that match, and so did Rourke. Yeah. It's like, I thought he was going to fuck something up or just, like, injure somebody or himself. 
his Ram Jam move, the Ram Jam off the top rope. Yeah. Like, yeah. That's Chris yeah. Benoit's move. The, or flying headbutt, really. Yeah, his was the flying headbutt, if I remember quite well, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, nah, yeah, yeah, yeah. Shout out to Benoit. Well, rest in as peace. As much as we can say about him. Yeah, because I know he's been canceled, more or less, but yeah. rest in peace. Yeah, I mean, he clearly had CTE, so... Um, Second match, uh, the hardcore match against uh, ne the Necro Butcher. How was that dude never in never in ECW? I looked him up. He was never been in ECW. Yeah. How? That, those those matches, those kind of matches make me cringe, though. It's, that's not wrestling. They, they, they're, they're sick to me. Then that's not that's not wrestling yeah, to me. It's, it's, it's an actual fight. It's like barbaric. The people actually love that stuff, man. That's what that's what makes me like. It's almost on the cusp of like watching gladiators and. Um, in the Roman times. Dude. This is not entertainment to me, man. It's, it's, it's sick. I mean... It's sick. Some hardcore match... That, 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 was, that was some ECW hardcore Yeah, that, those kind of matches I can't do, man. Yeah, like... I they're, they're like even... To me, they're ten times worse than U, UFC. Because UFC, it's more so like skilled martial arts. Skilled stuff. martial arts are not taking anything they're they can find and like, breaking over yeah, you. Yeah, they're not like... Glass. They're not literally sports. trying to kill you using like glass and like barbed wire. Or any household items, yeah. This is sick, dog. And you see the match. I'm sure he got... I'm sure Mickey Rourke added the realism like, yeah, do the staples for real. Just yeah, yeah, yeah. I was like... <sighs> I mean, I know you want to give a good performance, but... I, yeah. Stapling your chest? It's sick, though. And you probably did have a real heart attack, too, when that whole event was over. Yeah, I've never really been a fan of those type of matches, ever. I'm like, I hope you got paid good money. For, well, he did get paid good money for that, actually. Even, like, when Mankind used to do them shows, I was, I was never, like, really, really into those type of matches. Boiler room matches. <laughs> yeah, and the boiler room matches and, like, the thumbtacks and, and, yeah, when he fought Taker. At Hell in a Cell. Yeah, I mean, it was a crazy match, but I just... Uh, you don't like to see them actually get hurt or literally yeah, hurting like, themselves. Come on, dog. I mean, yeah, they do cut themselves when they think no one's looking and whatnot, yeah, yeah. and when they can do it discreetly. Yeah, yeah. But uh, yeah. but that, that I could do that. But like thumbtacks and then the barbed wires and then like that's that's Johnny Knoxville jackass like, shit. Yeah, exactly. That's exactly what that is. Mm -hmm. I can't I can't mess with that shit, dog. It's too barbaric for me. You remember at the uh, the 2002 VMAs, the MTV VMAs, where Jack or Johnny Knoxville, Steve-O, and I forget the other dude's name. They were presenting the award for best rap video, and mm -hmm. Eminem won. And M gets on stage like, yo, this dude right here really did staple himself. How you doing, man? Good. You good? I'm like, <laughs> I don't even remember that. I'm like, Shady, you talk about worst shit on record. This, and this makes you cringe? I know, right? I mean, I get the end of the day, it's just a record. It's just a record, yeah. But if you're crazy enough to think it. Do that shit. Oh, yeah, that's true, too. That's true, too. So, yeah. Um, yeah, his daughter, was she a lesbian in the film? Yeah, I, I got that. Yeah, I got that yeah, vibe. I think she was. I think she was. Yeah, I think she was. Yeah, yeah. Her her girlfriend did not like did not like Mickey Rourke's. No, at all, mm -hmm. at all, at all. Man. I mean, I mean, from the looks of it, like she told him told her plenty about him. Yeah, absolutely. And the mother, the mother must have passed away a very long time ago. That's what I'm thinking too. Yeah. Too. Because that would explain her animosity towards her father. Towards their dad, because yeah. she, that was her only living parent. Yep. And then the fact that he was absent during her the most tough of her time. Yeah, and then her tough times and her mourning period and, you know, all that. She definitely had some resentment towards him. Mm hmm. So. She's like, You are a fuck up. Listen to me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, I get it, though. I, I get it. She and she yeah. she's not wrong to be that be resentful, absolutely. especially when he disappointed she, her this final time. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, he, he left her hanging. But at the same time, it's like uh, uh, he he felt depressed because of what happened with Cassidy. Yeah, it, how that fell apart of the strip club. So he went out to a wrestling event and met some girl at a bar who likes firemen and wanted to party, do some yeah, blow. Yeah, they must have partied all night because he went home and slept all day. Yeah. Missed, missed, the, missed his daughter's um, uh, the dinner they were supposed to have. Yeah. And to show how far behind the times he really is, how stuck he is, he even has an old Nintendo Yeah, he wanted console. to be playing, playing an old Nintendo with the little kid. Yeah, what's the it kid called? kid was like, yeah, it's time to go. Mm -hmm. okay. Yeah, you ain't got Call of Duty, fuck this. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, and they actually made a Nintendo game specifically for the, for, for the movie. Yeah, uh, like yeah. the wrestling, the wrestling mm -hmm. game they were playing. Mm -hmm. yeah, yeah. With Randy the Ram in there. Yeah. Damn, yeah, uh, yeah. And even the final match against uh, the Ayatollah, played by Ernest the Cat Miller. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that was the ending speech he gave, the, the speech that Mickey Rourke's character gave right before the match, right? Mm -hmm. That's, that, 
What's I may not be as pretty as I used to be. I don't hear so good. I forget things. But you're all my family. This is where I belong. I love you. I'm like, mm -hmm. this is that's kind of parallels Rourke's career a little bit. Yeah. But it's also a farewell speech too, considering yeah, how the movie ended. Yeah, yeah. Exactly. He, he he died. I think so. Yeah. I think so. I think so. And you see the Ayatollah pleading. Ram, we gave them enough. Pin yeah, me. Come yeah, on. Just pin me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We just kept going. No, it kept going, and even with Cassidy gone, yeah, it's like, damn, dude, you you got nothing else. That's that. Yeah, he just felt like he had nothing to lose at this point. And the and he and he said it himself. The ring, the wrestling world, that's where he belongs at. Really, I mean, the real world. That's his home. Yeah. That's his home. The real world. He he gets hurt out there. He's a fuck up. It's yeah, like it's like he just feels outcasted. Mm -hmm. It's like Denzel in the movie Flight. The only place where he's ever in control, in anything is in the cockpit of a of a commercial airliner. Yeah. Or Jeremy Renner in the Hurt Locker. He can't stand being back home. He can't adjust. He's gotta be in the, so in the, in the war. Yeah, he reenlists to go for another year tour duty, disarming bombs. And when he's there. He, he's got swagger, puts on the bomb suit, walking down the Iraqi street like a superhero. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Like, okay, this is what you want to do. The psychology of that is interesting. It is, it is. It is. The deli scene, too, actually. Um, the second deli. Oh, the oh, first deli with, scene. With, with, with the girl? When he's, when, no, no, no. Which, which, which scene is that one? Okay, when he, when he asked for more shifts at the deli, right? Um, and, and, and that asshole boss of his. Keeps, oh, yeah, okay, I remember that. Yeah, like, yeah, I need some more yeah, shifts. Yeah. What, did they raise the price of tights? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I'm, I'm waiting for him to punch you That's in the face. That's messed up, though. Yeah, I remember that. And you up here watching porno in your office. You demand that he knocks the fuck up. Yeah, seriously. And when he gives him the shifts and Randy starts walking to the <laughs> the tracking shot, they show him walking to the uh, the deli counter, mm -hmm. but from behind the uh, from behind the grocery store, from the in the storage room, it looks like a, he... They make it sound like a wrestling event, like he's coming yeah, out of the crowd. Yeah, like, like the, from, the, from the aisle or whatever. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. And he actually enjoyed that shit at first. I mean, having fun with the customers, even though it was clearly ad-libbed. Like, yeah. what do you want? Two breasts? Two yeah. big breasts. That's what I yeah, want. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, Two exactly. big breasts in the brain. Yeah, exactly. Go on. Go on, buddy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But, yeah, after everything collapses for him and he just doesn't want to be recognized and that old lady keeps annoying him, potato salad, a little more. Mm -hmm. A little less. Mm -hmm. A little less. A little more. Okay, hold up. Here, a little less. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I'd be annoyed too. And yeah, that dude recognized crazy. him. He deliberately cut his hand on that thing. Yeah, he did. He did. Yeah, he, he, did. Did. he did. He did. He did. He's like, Randy, definitely. And he, and he kirked out. He finally it was too much for him. Yeah, yeah. That's basically his way of quitting. I said, basically, I fucking quit. Yeah. And started ram jamming all the cereal boxes. Yeah, and yeah, exactly. Exactly. And Cassidy, when she quit too, right? What's here's another thing. Yeah. Rook's character, he doesn't like being called by his real name, Robin Ramzinski. You don't like mm, being called Robin. Mm, I didn't even catch that. Yeah. Yeah. But um, uh, what's her face? Uh, Cassidy. Her real name is Pam. Pam in there. She yeah. goes either way. But um, by the end of the film, when she quit, she starts saying to herself, Pam, Pam, as if as though to remind herself of what her That's what her real who identity she really is. is. Yeah. Who she yeah. Really is. Yeah, she was. She was also affected by her career. She was. Uh, she felt like she. She felt a sense of shame or self, like lack of self-esteem. Especially yeah. when Warwick was like, actually really interested in her. She's like, "What the hell do you want with me? I got a kid. Yeah. I'm old. You don't want that baggage." Yeah, yeah. And she lashed out at him to make him to, to, to make him back off. To back off. She, she clearly had feelings though. She did. She did. She liked him too. Mm -hmm. um, she just. Yeah. She just. Uh, I want. Went about it the wrong way. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And when she saw her kid playing with the action figure of Randy the Ram that he gave her, yeah, yeah, she um, I guess that, again, I guess that's what made her have a, have a change of heart. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, but like we said, um, he died in the ring. He died doing what he loved absolutely, to do. Absolutely, absolutely. Mm -hmm. Yeah, again, again, for me, like it was just it was an easy watch. I wasn't shocked. As depressing as the movie was, I wasn't depressed because I had seen, well, I hadn't seen, but I've, I'm aware of several wrestlers' lives, real lives, that were pretty much similar, if not worse than that. Mm -hmm. So it was just kind of like, yeah, this is how wrestlers usually, uh, this is how wrestlers really usually, you know, live their lives post, mm -hmm. post their peak. Yeah, after. Their prime, or whatever. Right yeah. after, mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, but it's a good movie. Yeah, and it's a good movie. And also, um, uh, Rowdy Piper, Rowdy Rowdy Piper. When when he saw, when he rest in peace. Yeah. When he sure. saw the wrestler, a lot of wrestlers saw. When he saw it, 
It, reportedly, he broke down and cried in Mickey Rourke's arms. Like, thank you for telling our story. Yeah, yeah. Because yeah. he had a similar one, too, mm -hmm. actually. So, exactly. He had a similar, similar, you know, path. And, and Jim Cornette. Jim Cornette, he hated the film. But I'm like, what? Did, did, did you convince yourself that it was written by, by, by Vince Russo? I know. I know. For real. <laughs> Seriously. Um, what else? I, 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 I also, like, recommend kids watch that movie if they want to, if they're going to be in the pro wrestling a lot you, of kids won't aspire to be pro wrestlers and they see the glamour yeah and they see they, the uh they see the they don't the glory. see the glory they just see the glamour and the glory i don't know about i don't know about the glamour so much but like the larger than life yeah, figures and whatnot yeah, yeah. and how, how they're damn near superhuman like yeah. titans gods that's yeah. how they were for me when that's i was how, that's exactly they were like they were like superheroes like comic books like comics but real life in real life so like um but we were so aloof or unaware of what was going on behind the scenes. Yeah, like so. Even at, at, at another scene in the movie, at the meet and greet that where Randy the Ram's signing autographs for, there's a point in there where he looks around and sees all these wrestlers all broken down from years. They, we see tired and wheelchair bound wrestlers. So we we saw some of them too when we yeah, were yeah. We went to the little thing a couple years ago. The Legends of Wrestling yeah. John over in the MCW. We yeah. saw Lex Luger. Lex Luger he, was he was in a wheelchair. wheelchair. He used to be larger than life with all the muscles. Mm -hmm. The, the, the torture rack. Yeah. And they even showed a guy with a prosthetic foot which is a clear nod to the Texas tornado. Yeah, there you go. Uh -huh. There you go. Man. Um, so yeah, because this is this kid that I mentor. He's, he watches wrestling. He's a big fan of wrestling. He wants at one point, you wanted to be a wrestler. I was like, uh, no, you don't. You don't, don't. Yeah, no, you don't. Unless you, unless you, uh, well, unless you ain't got no family and I got a high tolerance for pain, yeah, you don't want that. You don't want that life, man. This shit is not good. Yeah, you're, you're Triple H. Triple H, during that, remember that show Tough Enough? Where they, yeah, where MTV, where the wannabe pro wrestlers. Yeah, I remember that very well, yeah. Yeah, that very episode where he was a guest on there, right? And this is weeks after he had that uh, quad that quad surgery on his on his leg or whatever, after that match with Chris Jericho. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he um, he's talking to the wrestlers. They're they're in awe of him at first. He's like, "How you guys doing? Taking a few bumps? You're injured? Big fucking deal. Get in the ring. Give them the reality of the business. Yeah, really, it's, it's real. like it's hard. Yeah, it's like even if you're hurt, you're, unless you got like an injury that's that like that leaves you, you, you make you pretty much immobile. Yeah, like a broken arm or yeah, something, a something broken like, leg. Yeah, you're expected to perform. Yeah, exactly. And he also said the other reality of it is like, if you're a parent, if you're a, if you're a husband. You're on the road over over 200 days out of the year. What's what's your wife and your kid doing? You don't know. So when you do get home, you got to yeah. be super dad and super husband. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, but and it's, it's like very unrealistic. Mm -hmm. He's like, if you want to be in this business, you got to respect it and love it. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. He does. I mean, it worked out well for him. Yeah. I mean, he's had ups and downs at Triple H. Yeah, he did. I mean, the the the, the, the curtains call incident. Yeah, he was the only one that got punished for that for a few years. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Now look at him. He married to the boss's family. He's rich. And and he runs the company now. Yeah. Yeah. So, but yeah. Yeah, it's a good movie. Definitely. Good movie. Check it out. Yeah. Um, yeah, like we said, it's depressing, but the performances, they'll overshadow that. And you'll yeah. find some bright spots up in there, too. Yeah. Yeah. Definitely check it out. And for the young ones that want to be restless, check it out, too. Mm -hmm. Get a glimpse of what that real life looks like. What you're in store for. Yeah. 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 All right, what's up next? Shaka Zulu. Yeah, buddy. Yeah, written by Josh Sinclair. The series was based on his 1985 book of the same name. Um, it debuted in 1986, and it was directed by William C. Fowler and, and Sinclair. He, direct, he uh, wrote it as well, too, every episode for mm. the, uh, the South African Broadcasting Company. Mm. Yeah, the series focuses on the, um, <clears throat> on the rise of the Zulu and their leader, Shaka, his wars, and the British administration that was in there at the time. Yeah. The series consisted of 10 episodes of approximately nearly one hour each. Yeah. Um, it was based on the story of the, uh, of the king of the Zulu, Shaka, who reigned from 1816 to 1828, mm -hmm. and the writings of the British traders with whom he interacted with. Mm -hmm. It also covered the broader McFeekain period alongside the rapid expansion of the Zulu tribe. The story is primarily told in, like, uh, in flashbacks, really, um, by Dr. Henry Finn, who was an Irish doctor yeah. who, who, meant, who became a Zulu. Yeah, yeah, mm -hmm. yeah. Harmony Gold USA, which is an American TV and film production company, they partly funded and distributed Shaka Zulu in spite of all the economic sanctions at the time on South Africa. Oh, 
Yeah, yeah, the disinvestment from South Africa. Yeah, mm. and the cast had a uh, Henry Sillet as Shaka, mm. Edward Fox as Lieutenant Francis Farewell, Robert Powell as um, Doctor Henry Finn, who was also the narrator, mm -hmm. um, Trevor Howard as Lord Charles Henry Henry Somerset. Um, what's it called? We're going to talk about the uh, the historical accuracy. Um, the performances, the culture clashes, and definitely the racism up in there. Yeah. Henry Seale was actually um, actually a professional soccer player. Oh, yeah? But he, he, he transitioned into movies as well. So I, I know this was not the only movie he did. but It wasn't, but he also did like a, he also reprised this role for like a remake or like a continuation of Shaka Zulu, like when was it, 10 years ago? 10 years ago. Or he's last dead year? now. Rest in peace, by the way. Oh, he is? Yeah, he's not, he's not alive anymore. R.I.P. Yeah. But, um, yeah, it's, it's a lot. It's good. It's a good show. It's a good mini um, mini series, series if you want to call it that. Uh, that illustrates like how consuming power can be um, on both sides of the fence. Exactly, and like greed. Um, but also, it also illustrates like how amazing one's vision can be if like you stay disciplined and actually put in work because the zulu empire was basically basically his vision it was always it was before him i mean there was zulu there was the zulu tribe was there the empire was there before but he took it to the next level because he had a vision and it expanded and was a huge threat to the english empire <laughs> Anytime, any <laughs> <laughs> in, in South Southern South Africa, so they had to use other tactics than just straight up warfare. Because if they hadn't just done it through straight warfare, they would have they would have um, been defeated. Snowfall said it best. Anytime black folks organize, you know how scared the American government yeah, gets. Yeah, yeah, it's just it's, exactly. It's almost the same thing. Like, yeah. So they had to use the chess game to stall and get in, and that's basically how they got the best of him. Mm -hmm. Because he wanted more. Even Smart as he is, they, they took advantage they of his greed. They did. They did. They did. Um, and even the, the racism in the, in, in, that was depicted in there, like the very first episode, when, when they show, like, when was it, 18? Yeah, when they talk, when they didn't even know the current king spoke yeah. English. Mm -hmm. spoke, per, spoke good English, yeah. understood every word they say. Yeah, they, they understood. Talk, yeah. They talk about him, they talk around him like he doesn't understand, he doesn't like he's a monkey. Exactly. And look how shocked they are when they, when they find, find out. Find out he spoke, they're like, oh, shit. shit. He, he, uh, yeah, he, heard, he, he heard us. Yeah, yeah, us. Yeah, yeah. And the queen's like, hey, yeah, all y'all can bounce now. Yeah, talk. exactly, exactly. Because <laughs> the queen knew. She knew, yeah, yeah, yeah. She's so. just waiting for him to make them look foolish. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Which on some level shows she respects him. Yeah, yeah, to some extent. Um, um, but yeah, it's unfortunate. And that's why did it, I don't know how, I'm guessing that was somewhat historically accurate, that, that epilogue. But they basically dissolved the empire so it became small again. Because what he did was every time he would conquer... He will assimilate the territory and the prisoners into the army. Mm -hmm. And that's why they were expanding in such big volumes. Yeah, it's like corporate, uh, corporate takeover. Yeah, basically. Uh, so, like, the, the, the English Empire knew they didn't have, because they were all over the world, they didn't have enough soldiers to come and successfully, successfully fight the Zulu Empire. So, what they did was, all right, we're going to try and negotiate <laughs> yeah. and stall. And then that's how the success... That's the chess game. Yeah, the chess game. That's how they were able to win that chess game um, eventually. Because after he, he realized that he wasn't going to live eternally and his, his mom had passed and everything they sold him was a lie, he gave everything up. Like, he had no intention. Like, he felt like his vision was up in flames. So he left his people hanging... Like he, he, you know, banned like harvests. So people, his people were starving. That's why yet. they killed him. <laughs> his people were starving, basically. I feel like a desperate power move. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He, he had lost his mind, basically. Basically, he had lost his mind. The Mad King. Yeah, so um, it was a sad fall, but it was beautiful to watch the, his, rise, his rise to prominence. And like, when I was a kid and I watched the movie, I enjoyed more of the the warrior aspect and the warfare. And so the, did I. 
So I didn't I didn't know nothing about the um the historical accuracy. Yeah. I I, I was a kid then. I didn't yeah, care about none of that. Yeah. But like watching it as an adult, there's so many things that I love about that show or miniseries is like the culture. I love like the culture, the, the festivities, the dances, the 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 cost not even costumes, there there's actually the garb. The garb, exactly. Um the rituals, all that is just beautiful to me. I I, I enjoyed all of that. Um, and even now, like I follow a lot of like African um, platforms on Instagram, and like there's this one that does little segments of, of reels of different parts of Africa. Like, like the other day, I saw one on the Zulus. Yeah. And some of the stuff they were doing was still very much what was going on, like some of the dances and stuff. They keep the tradition alive. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. So it was it was beautiful to see um, the harmonies. And all that. And, and yeah, in, stuff. The, in this case, Eric Bischoff, I'm against you. Tradition doesn't bite. Right, 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 right. But it's also interesting to also acknowledge how he ruled in fear. Like people were dead, people were scared dead of him. as scared of him. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Even the even English, even folk, yeah, even even the English was scared of him. Yeah, and that one, and that one white dude, the, the doctor that he brought into the tribe, where he showed him how to write and whatnot. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. He, even he was shook by him. Yeah, they were all scared. And like even during the chess game. They were like, we need to keep him engaged as long as possible because the moment he feels like he has no use for us, he's going to kill us. Yeah. <laughs> so, um, yeah, that went back and forth. Uh, but I, I think another good thing about that, sh that, that miniseries was the, the good character development of the different characters in the, in, in the miniseries, like his mom. He's got several half-brothers. Yeah, several half-brothers. One of them tried to kill him. Which is normal. Back then, for for African yeah, my my dad has several. Like if you if you know real African like people that live in Africa, look at Barack Obama. Like, cause he's like the man always had different wives, many wives. So like Barack Obama Senior, he has yeah, several. Yeah, several. Yeah, it's just normal for mm -hmm. in an African in African culture. Not so much anymore now, um, post colonization, because now we are more so like very. A lot of us are more Anglo Christian or Monotonous. Muslim. And even the Muslim ones, not not a not a lot. Some of them are, you know, Islam, where you can marry more than one wife yeah. and stuff like that. But in general, it's more monogamous. So a lot of them, also, uh, also still got side side kids from the, you know, there's yeah. still infidelity and stuff. But it's not it's not nearly as accepted as it was. Yeah. Nowadays, yeah. you got to keep it secret. Yeah, as in the, back in the day. So. Yeah, back then. Yeah. People took care of all their kids, yeah. even even the one their illegitimate ones. And like African culture, in the core of it, when they say it takes a village to raise a child, that's basically what was going on. And, and yeah, it still goes on today to some extent. But that's the whole concept. That's why, like at that time or those times, none of it seemed weird. It was always it's, in 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 white culture. It's weird. It's weird, yeah, because they but, don't do that. Yeah, in, in African culture, literally, the village raises the child, like. And yeah. that's why there's a big, if you go to Africa or you're around African traditional families, you get to see the sense of respect for seniority because in traditionally at home, like... It's strict, it's strict, they strictly do that. Yeah, like, it's not only your parents that are generally raising you, like your, your aunt or the, the lady down the street is also... It takes a village. Yeah, it takes a village. So, like, there's a big I, emphasis on respect for your elders and stuff mm -hmm. like that. Because um, one, yeah. one day they'll be elders too. Exactly, um, which is it's, it's a gift and a curse. I, that's another discussion. Mm -hmm. But uh, yeah, so as you, like you were saying, like he had several half brothers. Um, one tried to kill him, and yeah, one they, got yeah. one got made into king at one point. Yeah, while yeah, he yeah, was yeah. trying to train that army of his. Ex so it's yeah, like, exactly. Oh, you're king. I'm gonna take you. Yeah, out. exactly. Took him out. So mm -hmm. yeah, they. A lot of the hate was made because they hated his mom, um, and you know, because his, his mom had his mom was his he was his his dad's first son was him, so he was entitled to the throne. Oh yeah, was he his mom's firstborn child as well too? Yeah. Okay, yes, he's yeah. first for both. He's of them. His first for both of them, but he was she was not his real wife per se. She was he had she was a harem he had her out of out of wedlock he she had he had Shaka out of wedlock and that was like an abomination so if you if you realize at the beginning 
like earlier, before when he was a child and stuff, mm-hmm. his dad used to send people to try and assassinate her. You remember quite well. Yeah, um, I, I remember seeing that. Yeah, so um, that's why there was so much beef that continued on after, even after he became king. There were there was still a lot of animosity even between his aunt, his dad's sister that lived so long. She even she loved him though because she realized his importance to the. She was always about the people, right? And his importance to the people, the well-being of the Zulus and stuff. Mm-hmm. But then after he lost his mind, she and she realized he was a detriment to the people. So mm-hmm. she, that's why she organized and orchestrated his assassination. Him. Yeah, um, but yeah, like every time I watch that joint, I I I, I discover or fall upon something new or and concept you, conceptually. And you've watched it more than I have. I mean, this, yeah, for, yeah, yeah. this is the first time I've watched it since I was a child. Yeah. It was, yeah. I, it was one of my favorites as a kid, so every now and then I, I'd rewatch it. And growing up as I was rewatching it, there'd be concepts or things that are more, you're more conscious about as an adult or that you're growing, that you realize that are relevant to, to, to today's world with politics and, and race and, mm-hmm. and culture and that stuff they all have they all have like something of a not a genesis but like um early prototypes yeah exactly back then exactly yeah exactly. same thing with shows like game of thrones and house of dragons there you politics. go politics a lot of politics in there um so and the message don't trust nobody basically basically um, not implicitly yeah. shaga he he had he had what you call it signs to realize that he was getting gypped. Even his, his, his counselors and his witch doctor was trying to tell him that the white people were no good for him. But he was so consumed by greed. He was Powers, like, like silence. Yeah, I'll have no one yeah, lecture exactly. me. Yeah, uh, exactly. You're not going to lecture me. If you try to do it again, I'm going to kill you. That yeah, type of thing. Yeah, even if you are right. <laughs> right. And he realized, that's why like at the, at the last episode, he's replaying all that where they're warning him like, yo, mm-hmm. these bammers are no good for you. They're trying to trick you and stuff. By that time, he had, it's too late. He's crying because he's now like... He's got nothing now. Regret. Now he realizes. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Killed his own kid because he thought his kid was going to rise like, like he did to his dad. That's a Greek mythology shit. Like, what's it called? Yeah. Cronus and Zeus. Yeah, yeah. When Cronus ate all of his children because it was prophesied right. that one's going to be king and kill me. Fuck right. that. I don't know how historically accurate that is because he did have more kids. Mm-hmm. Um, but he did try to kill that one. But yeah, he did try to kill that one. Um, and apparently that one was supposed to continue the prophecy or whatever in, in, in terms of their uh, religion or whatever. Because um, he, was a, he was a kid of a prophecy, um, which is why he was like the chosen kid that was supposed to lead the Zulus. He was never supposed to, he was deemed not, never to die in like, war, but he would be killed by his own spear, by his own people, basically. That leads to some level of ego right there. Yeah, 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 exactly. If, I mean, if, 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 if I was born as a prophesied chosen one and heard that my whole yeah. life and treated and such... And that's, that's, why, be, that's why he, he was the way he was yeah. a lot of times. They, 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 they hyped his head up, made him a, yeah. big, made him a big-headed baby like Stuart Exactly, Griffin. exactly. So, like, his vision was a gift and a curse. Um, but at the end of the day, he still... A historical legend in the world and in, in the African world. Yes. Like, there's, there's several tribes or kingdoms. He's one of the prominent kings of, of African past and history. So. And, and even so ingrained in pop culture that even when you hear the word Zulu or Zulu nation or Zulu tribe, you think of Shaka. Shaka, Shaka yeah. 100%. 100%. Um, and there is, because of him, they are the most, I guess, popular tribe in 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 um south africa they have a lot of them too um but they're they're the most popular um yeah so um but i i i i love the show or miniseries i recommend people watch it even though there's it's very real i mean they'd even show little kids running around in tears after 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 the after a massacre Massacre, yeah, yeah, Yeah. yeah yeah Yeah. And that's hard for me to look at. I don't, yeah. like, I don't like seeing nothing happen to no kids. Yeah, yeah, exactly, exactly. So, uh, but yeah, it's cool. It's cool to see. It's, it's, it's obviously a historical piece. So it's good to see how everything, like, evolved from just small little tribes having allies and enemies to, like, one big empire that was just literally conquering and assimilating 
you know, tribes along the way. And eventually that paramount tribe was dissolved by the British Empire because they were afraid of it rising up again and being a threat again. Weren't the, it, was a, historically, weren't the Dutch in, in what's called South Africa before yeah, the Brits? The Brits overtook over overthrew them. Oh, okay. Same thing in same thing in like other areas, like in Ghana, we're 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 a British colony, but they weren't the first. Mm -hmm. They they drove out uh, the Portuguese. The Portuguese were like literally if not the first, first colonizers of, of Africa. They were right there. They were there first. And they started as gold traders mm -hmm. and stuff like that. And and gold salt trade. Exactly. And then the English and French came event down the line. English and French. But like they would, like you said, like the Dutch were also there at, some, at one point. And plenty, they were overthrown. Because plenty of white South Africans still have Dutch surnames. Yeah. They were driven out, basically, yeah. by, by the, their UK uh, um, rivals and stuff, so... That's basically why, like, you go there, you now see the either francophone or anglophone, mm -hmm. and there's a few, few snippets here of like Portuguese influence, like Angola and stuff, and like, you can see there's a few areas where Germany was present, and Belgium, but primarily England and France literally were the ones like the superpowers. That mm -hmm. run. And they 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 were cautious because they knew if the if the tribe was a threat. They were at a disadvantage because it was guerrilla warfare. Mm -hmm. So they, what they would do is they'd use rival, um, rival tribes to help fight them, or they would use the chess angle. Yeah, get them comfortable, and yeah. then when, when they are, strike. Exactly, exactly. Uh, because it, especially the Zulus and their numbers, it was it was like suicide going to war just straight head to head with them. Mm -hmm. Given that they had a lot of their army in India and other areas, they didn't have enough numbers to literally annex and take that out. So they had to use other. Yeah, they had to use whatever yeah. that one option to disposal and yeah. it worked. But I also thought it was interesting what ended up happening to like Francis Farewell that he became a nomad. Yeah. <laughs> because he literally became Zulu. He was playing both sides, mm -hmm. and then they both disowned him. So he yeah. was like, I, I, need to go, I need to go read or Google to find out what became of him. Because he was literally a nomad by that the end of the movie. That reminded me of that book, Light in the Forest, where the white kid, he gets taken by a Native American tribe, is raised by them. Yeah. But then a treaty happens that forces the Native Americans to give back all the white children they stole. And he can't assimilate into the white family that he was born into. And, wow. and, and then what's it called? A war is about to happen between his, the whites and the Indians. And he basically snitches on both. And he's exiled oh, from both. Wow. Yeah, that's basically kind of like Francis. Because mm -hmm. he came back with his experience going back and forth with Shaka. He came back to England trying to convince the, M the British Empire to approach this in a, in a, in a form of a diplomacy where you have like ambassadors and stuff. Yeah. They're like, nah, they're still savages. He's like, nah, you don't no, know. No, they're not. You yeah, have, yeah. I got first hand experience. Exactly. I've seen them. Exactly. And then they weren't trying to hear it. So he's like, you know what? All right, I'm no longer English. I'm Zulu. I'm going back. <laughs> so. Like, like F y'all. Yeah. Because he, he was also promised like ivory and stuff because he wanted to start his own business after mm. all that was said and done. So I wonder how that went considering that. You the history buff. You tell yeah. us. Yeah, I, I, I gotta go. I gotta go. That's what I'm saying. I gotta go do research and find out whatever happened to Francis Farewell, because he was supposed to inherit like mad ivory and whatever, whatever. When he came back and he saw the place was upside down, because he when he left, everything was good. Shaka's mm -hmm. mom was alive. Right. You know all that was going well, and then he comes back. Shaka's mom is dead. There's like a famine because Shaka has banned like growing crops and stuff like that and milking. He sends cows. people to death because he's crazy. Yeah, he had lost. He's like, yo, what the what the fuck just happened? Yeah. Uh, so he walks and he's like, he, all he's seeing is death and like remnants of like yeah, he, fires and shit like that. Yeah, he lost his mind at that point. Yeah, and then he goes and he has the discussion with Shaka and he's like, yeah, go. I have no pur further purpose for you. So I wonder if whoever inherited the uh, Zulu Empire yeah. stayed true to Shaka's word and like, yo, this is yeah, these are your he's elephants. exiled. Yeah, these are your elephants. Yeah, they're exiled. They will forever remain exiled. Right, or if right. they had like a new, new policies in, in the newer king's administration. Yeah, so it's interesting. Um, but I, I definitely, um, I definitely loved the the, the, the miniseries and the development of characters. 
you know, gives you a, a human element to some of the different parts, like the death of his mom was a little touching. Um, I like the culture parts. Yeah, the culture parts are dope, too. Epi like episode 8, when Shaka finally realizes what the Irish doctor, Dr. Wynn, was trying to show him with the written word. Yeah. Yeah, he finally was like, okay. It's okay, you start writing my story. It's like, yeah, it's yeah. Le legacy power. Yeah, yeah, legacy power, exactly. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. So, and then having yeah. them test, figure out who, who what's, what's, what's the deal with this Jesus God that they're following. Mm. <laughs> so, let your God Jesus, fight for your God Jesus, you fight for your God Jesus, you fight for me. Well, at this point, since I have the moment, since I have the power to take your life, I think I'm your guy, <laughs> more or less. So, but, like he's yeah. not wrong. Yeah. So <laughs> not entirely. He's a pragmatic guy. So yeah, yeah, yeah. exactly. So, yeah. Pragmatism. Yes. Yeah, yeah. So he's not wrong. Mm -hmm. But yeah. Yeah, because we can't say that he's right. He's not wrong sounds better. Yeah, yeah, exactly, exactly. <laughs> exactly. Being Christians, you can't just say he's right. Yeah, right? you can't. Yeah. yeah, yeah. But. But yeah, he's not wrong either. <laughs> it's all about perspective. You yeah. Know? <laughs> if I want to give somebody credit, I'll just say uh, uh, he's he's not wrong. Yeah, yeah, exactly, exactly, exactly. So, but yeah, yeah, yeah. It's a good, it's a good one. It's a good one. Um, yeah, you have anything, anything that you enjoyed, or anything you want to add? Um, what's it called? Um, the the, the final episode. Yeah. Where um where it culminated in Shaka's assassination yeah. and how his mindset was in that episode. It's like, good lord, man. It's like, I'm glad. Well, not glad, but I feel for your people. Yeah, yeah. And at the same time, I'm not mad that they, 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 they elected to kill you. Yeah. I mean, either. The way it was acting, is like, you kind of had it coming, bro. Yeah, no, absolutely. I think it's also very interesting that he, his whole vision of growing the Zulu army and stuff was also... In addition to that, like, there was another aspect embedded in that, which was... Avenging everybody that wronged your mother. Yeah. Like everything was predicated on how much he loved his mom and like doing right by her. He went every so, so when he finally was the catalyst to her death and she finally died and he realized that she's not going to live eternally, it's like part of his purpose was done and he just lost it. He lost his way, yeah. He just lost it. His mother he was an integral it. part of who he was. Yes. Yeah. Very, very much. She was always around him, if mm -hmm. you notice. Like every pinnacle of his life in that in that show or series she's literally right there like around him i almost want to say their relationship was incestual but i don't it, it, it wasn't quite but wasn't quite. yeah it was just a like a level of respect and like the fact that she had his back and she was that close to him yeah yeah like his 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 dad was trying to kill him yeah his true. dad disowned him she was a mama bear yeah so she's the one that literally had his back him her and her and his grandma. And his grandma yeah. happened to die because of the treatment he was getting as a result of the way what his father did. Mm -hmm. So when he became king again, he's like, all right, everybody that was cool with my dad and was down and disowned us, I'm coming for you. And that's literally what he did. Mm -hmm. It's like Denzel and the Equalizer. Only regret, I only have to do it once. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. And everyone that was like remotely kind, he'd spare. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He, like, he'd spare it. Everybody else. Okay, she's got to be a little bit kind to me, and that's what it takes. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Just be a little bit nice. Exactly. Then I will not kill you. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, he was ruthless, though. I ain't going to lie. As great as he was, he was really... He... He was a ruthless dude, dog. I like the narrative structure of the of the series as well too. Like the flashbacks and how it gives dates and whatnot. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah that, that's well pretty cool. put together, yeah. yeah. Well put together, yeah. For sure. Yeah, I, I enjoyed it myself too. In fact, can I can I keep that, those DVDs a little bit longer? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Thank you. you got you good, you good, man. you good. Like you, I want to catch the things that I might have missed. Yeah, yeah. yeah Every time you rewatch it, you're gonna catch. After, now that you know the story, yeah. like you know how everything goes. Mm -hmm. When you rewatch it, you're gonna find little other details. Like, oh, okay. Good. Yeah. yeah good. Because yeah. a lot of TV, a lot of the good TV series, they are just full of those, and it's like that's what gives them good replay value. Yeah, exactly. Even. Double like years later, later. Yeah, yeah, years later after you watch, rewatch. Yeah. So, yeah, man. But yeah, definitely recommend you guys. I yeah. even think if you don't, if you don't own it or you don't have any platform to stream it, I think it's on YouTube. It's on YouTube. The whole you thing. You actually watch it all on YouTube. So yeah, go ahead. It's good. Yeah, it's check good. it out. Shaka Zulu was really good. It's a good refresher for those of you who haven't seen it in several years, and some good introductory for those who don't know nothing about it. Yeah, for sure. <clears throat> sure, man. Indeed, indeed. Yeah, any, um, any uh, last... What are you about to say? 
I guess I didn't really talk much about the racism, but what, what, what was your take on it outside of, you know, the beginning, the epilogue? Like, I'm like, it, 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 it was as expected. It's as expected. Although yeah. some people, like, far, Farewell, yeah, he had a change of heart. Yeah, he did. Yeah, mm-hmm. and, and so did the the the, the doctor. The win. Yeah, Finn, whatever his name is. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. The Irish dude. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And and also the only actor in here that I recognized actually was a uh, Christopher Lee. Yeah, yeah at the beginning. Mm-hmm. Yeah, 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 yeah. Shout out to Mister Mister Dr- Dracula himself, Fu Manchu. The Wicker Man. Yeah, yeah, The OG, yeah, yeah. the OG, the OG, Man. the OG. The Not OG. that Nicolas Cage. Not the beast. Yeah, 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 yeah. He's a legend. Rest in peace. I think he's dead too. Yeah, he, he is. He died. Yeah, yeah. He was like he was like my staple Dracula as a child. He did so many Draculas. Yeah, he did. So, um, he was a fun Dracula to yeah, watch too. Yeah, he was. He was. He was. Uh, but, I think my favorite was Dracula 2000 because of how they gave an origin story to him. Yeah, that was a good one. That was a good one. I watched that recently, like a year or two ago. I was like, oh wow. In a reference to what we were talking about earlier with soundtracks, what's it called? That's yeah. a, that, that that movie is another example. Well, not an example, but mostly. Yeah. They had actual songs in there inspired by the film. It's like, okay, okay that, 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 I gotta revisit that to see. That's good to see what 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 um, prominent songs came from that. They're like, thank you, because I already, I'm like, because I already got uh, a Tap Roots record with it with again and again on it. Can you make a new song for this one? Ah, yeah, man. But um, yeah, um, the racism aspect for me is as is, and I think it's still it's still the same. It's just more masked. How the West views Africa. <laughs> yeah, they, um, they, they dress up and use certain terms, dog whistle terms. Yeah, exactly. I and mean, like, exactly, dog whistle terms, um, behind closed doors. Or, or, a, or what did Trump call it? A shithole? Yeah, that's basically how they viewed until they actually interact. Well, some of them still interact and still have the same sentiment, but a lot of them have those preconceived notions. Yeah, that, it's like, like, where the hell did you get your knowledge about Africa from? What, bruh, Ace Ventura, When Nature Calls? Bruh. This is how you know this shit is still fucked up. When I first moved here, yeah, and I even in Westland, the kind of questions I was getting from kids in Westland, <laughs> like, do you live in the jungle or something? Yeah, oh, wow. like how you know about Pac and Biggie and shit like that. I'm like, because you had that shirt. Uh, like, how you know? Like, they, they, you don't have that in Africa. I'm like, bro, everything's worldwide now. Even then, and I, it goes back to what I tell people. Like, America is literally floating because of like. A good 10% of the population. The rest of the population is so ignorant. <laughs> if, if, if that was the majority that held the country together, this country would have dissolved a long time ago. And I'm just being real. My, I, told, <laughs> I, told, I told my niece, one of my nieces, a long time ago when she was like 10. Yeah. Uh, what's it called? Uh, she asked me a question about does, are people actually fooled by some such? And my brother, my brother told me not to respond in this way after the fact, but I told... Autumn, hell yeah. Americans are dumb people by and large. Yeah. We pretty much believe anything if we're you, If you're a well-traveled person, you don't understand what I'm saying. Trust me. <laughs> Trust me. I've seen... I've there, seen there, there, are, there are countries that, you know... He's traveled more than I have. Economically but, aren't like up to par with the America or in America, but if you interact with their actual citizens, then you see the difference in intelligence. <laughs> so definitely a difference in intelligence when you travel around. Especially um, if you go to UK. They, the metric system, Amer- yeah. most Americans are not up on that. Yeah. Uh, Sadly, we're, we're not we're not the brightest country in the world, as great as we are economically, and you know. Yeah, we're not the brightest country. We had Donald Trump as president. We're not, we're not very smart, and I'll just keep it a hundred. <laughs> but but I love I love my country. But, but yeah, I'm saying America's great. I'm Don't get it twisted. It. It's a great country. It is the world's economic leader, all of that. But again, there's ten percent of this population that keep it that way. I'm just keeping it, and this is not facts. It's just something I'm. It's the number I'm just throwing out there. The wealthiest one percent. Yeah, it's like it's a good ten percent of its brain is what is what is holding this country together. Do we innovate anymore, though? I mean, yeah, that's another discussion. Talk. Yeah. But yeah, you know, just be. Well, my advice to everybody is just be objective. Um, and, uh, I guess to a certain, just a certain level empathetic, because everybody likes to think like they know everything already, but you'd be pleasantly surprised. You can learn from everybody and that's, that's, um, indifferent to your economic status. There's some very smart and bright people in this world that are dirt poor. So you see shit, don't just be judging. Don't judge. Yeah, the, like, don't judge a book by its cover. Yeah, that bum on the street corner, he could be he could be an Einstein level genius. It's a bum that schooled me how to move around in Brazil, bro. 
<laughs> there you go. Literally, a homeless bum was what gave gave me game when I was there. So Just yeah, gave, man. gave you enough. Taught you how to how to get around pretty much. Move around a little bit, like what to look out for and shit. That's good. That's good. Yeah. Because he could have easily gypped you, you being a tourist. Yeah, yeah. I was just, yeah. We were just having a conversation. I was having a conversation with a homeless bum. And he was telling me. Watch out for this, that, and the third. He spoke in his language, in Portuguese. So, like, my homegirl was from there. Okay. And she was just translating it to me. And I was like, oh, good looking out. You're my man. <laughs> and and everything he told me was I actually saw for myself. I mean, that's what I was going to say. It must have been sound advice. Yeah, yeah. Worked. 100%. 100%. So... Be careful out there. Yeah, be careful. Stay humble. <laughs> yeah, don't think you know everything. Don't don't think because you in another country you can just run a fucking muck. Yeah, stay no. humble for sure, man. But yeah, um, that's all I have with that. Um, yeah, we covered two things today. Yeah, and we we did go over an hour. It's excellent. Yeah, pretty good discussion. Yeah, we had a pretty good discussion. Yeah, this is episode number ten. Yeah, we're we're in double digits now. We're proud yeah, of that. We're moving. Yeah, so We're still very much appreciative of you guys. Yeah, thank you, thank you, all you viewers out there. We really appreciate you. Yeah. Everybody who follows us on Instagram, um, our burgeoning other social media platforms: yeah. Facebook, Twitter, yeah. LinkedIn. Yeah. I'm, ki I'm kidding about LinkedIn. <laughs> but we thank you for following us. We thank you for listening, friends, family, and any everybody else. Yeah. your fans. We love you. Thank yeah, you for sure. For sure. Those that are just joining and those that have been there from jump, we appreciate all you guys. Continue to spread the word. Um, yeah, no applause, just throw money. <laughs> yeah, that helps too. But yeah, love always, man. Yeah, so, yeah. so episode 10, uh, 301 Color Commentators, signing off. Peace. Peace.